Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. This evening, Sergeant Bill Meade had taken his lonely meal in the small bungalow he occupied at the Wakefield Auto Court. Confronted with another interminable, empty evening, Bill had told himself that he just couldn't face it. And so he'd wandered into town. Had sat down in the lobby of the Brown Palace Hotel to skim through the evening papers. A few minutes later, the welcome voice of David Bowman, Kit's uncle, had greeted him. And he and David had talked together for some time. It had been a relief to unburden himself, to talk to someone he could trust about all the problems which perplexed him. And then, David had said something which disturbed Bill very much. It was nothing definite, but he'd gotten a pretty good idea what David meant. After saying goodnight to Mr. Bowman, Bill walked slowly along the quiet main street of the little town. He was thinking... Of course, Mr. Bowman didn't come right out and say so definitely, but... But he seemed to be trying to warn me. He must feel that there is something serious between Peggy and Nicholas Dorn. It's hard for me to believe, though. Peggy and I were... Well, it's just not something you get over so quickly. <sighs> Look who's talking. What do I expect, anyhow? Dorn's free. He can offer Peggy a decent, uncluttered life. And it's not as if I could think he's not a right guy. He is, I can tell. Oh, if only I'd hear from Kit. I don't understand it. I know that babies don't... Well, those things aren't always right on the dot, but this delay worries me. I wonder if Kit's all right. Oh, she has to be. Well, when Kit comes back, I'll get this whole mess straightened out once and for all. If it isn't too late by then. As a troubled Bill Meade struggles against a growing conviction that he's about to lose the opportunity to make things right with Peggy, the two young people upon whom Bill's thoughts are concentrated have just seated themselves in the outside lobby of Wakefield's only motion picture theater to wait for the beginning of the feature. Nicholas Dorn seems a little self-conscious as he says, I hope you don't mind this too much, Peggy. Oh, that's all right, Nicholas. I don't mind at all, really. I just can't stand going into a picture in the middle. As a writer, it infuriates me. All right, all right. I hereby promise solemnly that never again will I enter a picture after the very first moment. There, does that satisfy you? Thank you, Miss Douglas. I accept your pledge. Your hand, please. Sir? <laughs> well, now that we've agreed on our approach to the drama, what sort of a day did you have? Mm, I guess you'd call it a fair to middling day. Not, as we say back home in Hollywood, a super-colossal affair? No, I'm afraid not. Oh, I'd hoped your day would have been as exciting as mine was. Really? What happened to you? Well, for one thing, I got a wonderful idea for a story. First one I've liked for ages. Oh, that's nice. Tell me about it. No, I couldn't do that. It's the worst thing I can do, tell a story before I write it. Oh, I don't see why. I should think it would help you to get it straight in your own mind. Oh, it would seem logical, I guess. But actually, what happens is that after you tell it, you feel as if it's as good as written, so there's just no point in putting it down on paper. Goodness. Is that why writers are always supposed to be such silent, introverted characters? I guess they're afraid if they open their mouths, they might inadvertently let a story out. And then where would they be? <laughs> Peggy, you're wonderful. We do have a lot of fun together, don't we? Yes, Nicholas. You know, Peggy, we've never actually discussed any plans. Plans? In what way? 
everyone getting married has to have plans. Economic, for instance. Aren't you interested in my financial status? Well, to tell the truth, I've never thought about it. Well, it's time you did. Might be sorry if I wasn't able to tell you that I've stashed away a pretty decent little sum of money. Not so much as I should have, but enough to provide security for two people on a moderate scale. That sounds all right to me. Of course, if it hadn't been for the extravagance of a certain young woman named Julie, I have a great deal more. <laughs> Honestly, that girl could just look at a roll of greenbacks and they'd dissolve before your eyes. Furs, perfumes, jewels. She just had to have them. Oh, well, she was beautiful. It all sort of goes together. Doesn't bother you at all, does it? I mean, my talking about Julie. No, why should it? Don't you realize how unusual it is? Being able to discuss one woman with another without fireworks or at least a hint of sarcasm? Funny. It just doesn't occur to me to resent your talking about Julie. You know why? Because our relationship is a nice, solid, realistic one. No jealousy. Just another reason why it's so good. I suppose so. Anyway, what I'm getting at, in regard to my earning capacity, I think I'm safe in saying that I can bring in enough money each month, what with magazine stories, articles, and such, to support us very nicely. Oh, yes, I'm sure you can, Nicholas. Peggy, am, am I boring you with all this? I know what makes you ask that. You seem rather far away, not quite with it. Oh, I'm sorry, Nicholas. Maybe I am a little absent-minded tonight. I was thinking about Aunt Mary. I'm worried. She's not ill, is she? Oh, no. No, of course she isn't. You wouldn't have left her if she were. Well, then what is it? Well, Nicholas, it's about us. You mean she doesn't approve? That's it. I tried to tell her the other night how I felt about it, how we both felt. And she's still against the whole idea. I'm afraid so. Yeah, when I talked to her at the dentist that day, she thought we should wait, not make any plans. That's right. You see, Aunt Mary had such a happy marriage with Uncle Randolph. She, well, she's sort of romantic about it all. Yeah. But I've always thought she liked me, trusted me. Oh, she does, Nicholas. It's not that. It's just that she doesn't quite understand the sort of relationship we mean. She thinks it won't work. What about Lefty? Does he feel the same way? From the way he talked, I... Well, that's what makes it all so confusing. So hard to, to cope with. Because Lefty thinks it's exactly the right thing for us to do. He's always liked you, and... Of course, he wants me to be happy. And he thinks I could make you happy. Uh, good for Lefty. Glad to know I have one champion out at the Lane Farm. Oh, you mustn't think that Aunt Mary doesn't like you. Not at all. But Aunt Mary says that a marriage which isn't based on love is wrong, that's all. She says to try to base a life on anything else is cheating yourself. You know, Peggy, sometimes I felt that you had your doubts yourself. That you weren't sure. It, it's frightened me. Because even though we've agreed that this isn't to be a sentimental sort of relationship, that we won't be hurt, still I am planning my life on the basis of our being together. Of course, Nicholas, I know that. And regardless of the absence of that romantic love and Mary is pulling for, there is still a certain emotional content in what we have in mind. That's why 
Well, I'd hate to think that you might change your mind. Or that you have changed it and just haven't told me. Oh, I haven't, honestly. Sure now? Yes, I'm sure. And I, I think I can make Aunt Mary understand. Especially when she sees how happy we are. And we will be. If I weren't so sure, I wouldn't want to go ahead. I have so much respect for your Aunt Mary, and here I am determined to do something of which she disapproves. But I, I was worried about you. I'm not one of those insensitive guys, you know, who, who doesn't notice the way a girl is feeling. Your mood wasn't exactly sparkling, and I've wondered about it. However, if you're sure... I'm very sure. Then how about discussing a date for the wedding? Yes, I guess we should. How about the middle of next month? That should give us time to arrange everything, have the bands published. All right, Nicholas. There's no point in delaying it, is there? Yes, the middle of next month will be fine. Nicholas Doran took Peggy's hand for a moment in an affectionate little gesture which was to seal this strange engagement. The agreement the two young people had made to marry without love. I wonder how you'd feel, Peggy, if you knew the thoughts of Bill Meade tonight. If you realized how eagerly he looks forward to the moment when he can tell you his intentions. How he plans to divorce Kit. And how much he hopes you'll understand and forgive. 